Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The documentary film, Can You Bring It? Bill T. Jones and D-Man in the Waters, traces the history and legacy of one of the most important works of art to come out of the age of AIDS. Bill T. Jones' Tour de Force Ballet, D-Man in the Waters, premiered in, in 1989, yes. and it gave a physical manifestation to fear, anger, grief, and hope for salvation that the Bill T. Jones and Arnie Zane company felt as they were embattled by the AIDS pandemic. It's a terrific documentary film. It is, uh, it is what I love about it is, is that you don't need to know anything about art or or AIDS or anything. It brings you along in a way that it illuminates that era, the times, the 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 sense of doom and gloom that were occurring over that period of time. But it's also uh, a film about hope, as is this dance piece that that it, they perform. It's amazing. It's a remarkable piece, but also a wonderful documentary film. We're joined today by the co-directors of the film, and that would be Rosalind LeBlanc, as well as Tom Hurwitz. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so Let me much. just jump in for one second and just add to your introduction that the film also takes place in the present, so Thank that you. so that it's it it actually weaves between when the dance was put together and the company that built it along with Bill T. Jones in the depths of the AIDS pandemic. And then now when the dance is being taught to a young company by Roz and their struggle to connect what in their life is an analogy and, and has the same stuff at stake as the original company had back then in, in the, at the AIDS period. Thank you for that. It's, it's exactly right. And it is interesting and uh, I'm older than they are and certainly affected by many different things that have happened over the course of my lifetime, politically, socially, in whatever ways. So it's interesting to see how they're processing this and how, right. Rosalind, you're able to bring them along in this, in this journey. It's a beautiful piece and the opportunity to get to meet and spend some time with Bill T. Jones Again, I'm going to be honest, I was not familiar with the piece. I was not familiar with his work. And what a beautiful man he is. Just what an yes. extraordinary man he is. And the way that he's able to come into this, you know, to, to sort of mentor these young people as on their journey through this piece is just remarkable. It's amazing. I always ask this question. I never, if I've got co-directors, I don't know who to ask exactly. But what inspired the documentary to begin with? Which one of you was responsible for? So I guess that would be me. So in 2012, I had been restaging D-Man in the Waters at colleges around the country as part of my work as a former member of the Bill T. Jones Company. One of the things that was particularly the case with this dance is that it was really a treasure chest of embodied lived experience. It really kind of contained the unconscious of Bill as he was grieving the loss of Arnie Zane, his partner of 17 years, and the company itself as they were you know, ushering Damien Aquavella, one of their company members, towards death and then also losing, losing many friends and loved ones all around them. 
And so that experience really got embedded in the choreography and in the execution of the dance. And so to restage it was really kind of to open up that archive and re-enliven it. And it required that level of engagement from, from anyone who did it. And so the frustration that I was having was that I wasn't quite sure. I, I felt like I couldn't quite manifest what it was that original company went through. And so it was like, what does it take to, to really teach this and to really unlock this treasure trove? So that was the beginning of the film in concept. And then around 2013, uh, Tom and I reconnected from years ago when he shot Bill T. Jones is Still Here. And I invited him on board this journey. And he said, yes, which I'm grateful for. So Tom? Yeah, and what, what I learned, we, we shot the interviews with the original company. And what I learned was that not only was the period of AIDS uh, and, and the incredible stakes that people lived in at that time uh, alive in the dance, but also this extraordinary process, and this is what's unique about it, this extraordinary process that the company and Bill went through in the making of the dance in which they restored themselves, resurrected themselves, so that they were people who had lost half their phone books, as one of the dancers says. You know, people were dying around them, people that they worked with, their colleagues, their fellow dancers. And the effect that that has on one is just horrific. But through the making of the dance itself, through the making of this piece of art, they changed themselves. And, and the community that developed around the making of the dance and the, the, the art creation itself brought life back to the company. That was kind of miraculous. So I heard that in these interviews and it was clear that this was a big story. It wasn't just something that Roz could use it was bigger than that. And so when we sat down, we had a meeting and we decided to make it a feature documentary. Uh, I don't think Roz, who had never produced the film before, I don't think she knew quite what she was getting herself into. <laughs> no. and, uh, and, and I didn't even know that it was gonna take as long as it was gonna take to get it finished, but that's what happens with independent documentaries. So Rosalind, you met Bill T. Jones when? So I first met him at 19. I saw D-Man in the Waters at 16 and I fell in love with the dance. And it was that full original group that is in the film. That's the group I saw performing it. And I knew I needed to spend my life with that company. <laughs> that was just at 16, that was all that was in my head. And so by 19, I met Bill T. Jones and I was accepted into the company. And I actually started performing D-Men in the Waters at that age and actually Bill's part. He, he couldn't go on, he couldn't attend a tour to, I will say it was a, it was a small town somewhere. <laughs> it wasn't like a huge premiere, but he wasn't able to go. And he said, can you perform my, my role? So that was my entree into the dance was to, to be, to take over his role, which is kind of ironic now that. Well, I was going to, I'm going to get to that. I truly want to talk about, explore kind of the, uh, a dance piece that is rooted in something very specific and, mm -hmm. and how it has maintained its power over these many years. 
and I want to get to that, but I want to describe the dance itself. And it is, and again, I'm, I'm not a dance aficionado, but I, it, it's, it's the physicality of it and it's the intimacy of it. There's so much in the, just in the clips that we see from the original performance uh, troupe and into today's um, iteration of it, that it's just striking how, uh, just what I said, the physicality, of, it looks like a marathon to try and to perform this for the dancers themselves, but at the same time, be able to convey the sense of intimacy with it as well. Is that a fair assessment? It is a fair assessment. And one of the things I will say that makes it unique as a dance. Uh, so anyone who has performed the full D-Man in the Waters, four movements, 38 minutes, it's a marathon. And one of the things that makes it unique is that it takes the dancer through a journey. And, and in that journey, the dancer really becomes stripped of ego. And that is something unusual for a dance, for any kind of performance experience, because the, the sense of self and self-consciousness and a sense of control over self is something that's very active as a performer. And D-Man kind of takes that away from you halfway through when you're coughing up a lung and fighting to, to get through it. And it consistently does that. So it is really a journey that the performers go through themselves and come out the other side uh, by the time the show is over. And let me tell you, one of the challenges in the filming of the dance pieces that interweave themselves through the film is to evoke those sensibilities, that quality that it took to dance the men in the waters and to use the camera and film it in such a way so that it that's transferred to the audience. It's just not a performance that takes place in a, in a, in a rectangle on a stage, but it evokes the very, the very uh, physical experience of the dance, as well as the beauty of the movement and all of the rest of it, it does. And uh, Tom, I want to ask you, because you obviously you were talking about the length of time you've known Bill T. Jones, which started around what time? Around 92. 92. And how his presence in the footage we see from the performances of that time, as well as how it carries through, how he has remained such a, an, um, a presence in the piece, and also his ability to kind of adapt to changing changing uh, perceptions and, and what it meant to him in, in the time it was premiering, to now as we're trying to bring along this dance, this new dance company, this new performance, and how, salient and how perceptive he is and how engaged he is. And we see that in the film, just really very striking to see him and how, how just accomplished he is. In oh, he, first of all, every time he has to go back and talk about D-Men in the Waters, it's a challenge for him because Bill is always moving forward. He's always on to the next, his next challenge. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of an insight into who he is as a person. Bill is one of our American prophets. That's who he is. He is an extraordinary individual uh, in what he creates, in what he says, in his view of the world. Um, it is so rich and so broad, uh, so unlimited by, I don't know, the usual things that limit people. <laughs> they, they don't limit Bill T. Jones. And, and so he speaks in a physical language, in a spiritual language. Uh, he, he's, he's an extraordinary intellectual. Um, 
it, it's it anytime I'm near him, I'm always moved. Yeah. Rosalind, I want to go back to a point in the film that I, I really loved, and I think it's so illustrative of what we're talking about. But first, I want to let our audience know that Can You Bring It, Bill T. Jones and D-Man in the Waters is going to be premiering uh, in theaters on July 23rd. It'll be screening here in Los Angeles, the Lemley Royal, but it's also available through Kina Lorber virtually. Wait, do I have that right? Virtually, I believe, through Kina Lorber. Yes. And it's also playing at the, if you happen to hear the sound of her voice in New York, it's playing at the Film Forum beginning on July 16th. So for people, they can go to D-Man Documentary, D-ManDocumentary.com to find out more about the film, about where it'll be screening, and more about these remarkable people behind the film itself. Uh, but I want to go back to that point in the rehearsal as, as, as when he comes in and he has an opportunity to watch them perform. And as you said quite often in, in this, how technically proficient the dancers are, this new troupe of people doing it. When he comes in for that rehearsal that he watches, what I loved about the way he approached it was it's a rare trait, rare ability to be able to offer what I'll call criticism, but insights, but it sounds very complimentary at the same time. It's very much a person who is, who understands how difficult it is, who's able to empathize with the person that, or people that they're talking to, but offer these suggestions, shall we say. And I love the way that there was a, there's a certain kind of casting issue that comes up as well. Those are all integral and it's a beautiful scene. It, it plays out beautifully. Rosalind, talk about that a little bit, if you would. Well, those moments are um, incredibly nerve-wracking for for me or for anybody in in my position of restaging his work, of course, because, I mean, the maker is in the room. And I am just as much kind of auditioning as these, as much as the students are. So I was incredibly nervous in that moment. And then also from having worked with him, I knew two things. One, that it would be transformative for the students, life-changing for the students. And two, that we should be prepared for anything to happen. I actually prepared my students very much with those two things and just said, you know, come in uh, with neutrality and openness and and just be prepared for, for anything. It was extraordinary. I was transformed by by him in the room. And that hug that ends the scene was, was the hug that ended that day as well. So it really did just kind of illustrate how moved both he and I were. And he was actually crying at, uh, in that hug. So it, it was incredibly powerful for everyone in the room. And it, it for me, it, it's, it's the power of art. It's the power of dance is a very moving, art form in the sense that it's generally you're watching movement, you're watching people, watching people dance and the ability to convey these very wide ranging um, emotions evocative of so many different things that it's a, it's truly transformative to watch him go into a room full of people wide eyed, certainly knowing that they're meeting not only with a creator, but someone who has the stature that he does and and how and how relatable he becomes in that moment to all of them 
that's yes. that's just beautiful that's his yeah. genius that's yeah. that's bill i'll just say something about yeah. that that day uh in terms of my experience because i knew that you know it's one of those do or die days it's one of one of those scenes that the film depends on and so we had to capture that and uh and that was that was a challenge and and bill is hugely dynamic and so following the intensity of his connection with the students was something that was uh, that was the real challenge and we had to get it there was no other option we couldn't we couldn't miss it was a it, when they hugged at the end uh, it was a hug for me too. <laughs> <laughs> what is Bill working on? What What is he doing now? Doing now? Yeah, he a lot. Um, I mean, they've been uh, his his uh, his institution, New York Live Arts, has been very active over the pandemic. Very active in the wake of George Floyd's death and the Black Lives Matter movement. They are premiering a new piece called Deep Blue Sea that is opening in September uh, at the New York Armory. I think those performances are in person, as well as a, a number of pieces that I see kind of, I get wind of, of course, uh, best to go to their website to get all the details on that. Yeah. As Tom said, Bill is forward thinking. And so it has really been a gift that he gave us as many interviews as he did. And in those interviews was as vulnerable and raw and honest, authentic as he, as he was. I mean, we're asking him to go back to arguably the worst moment of his life, right? And, and the loss of Arnie and that period, time period of the height of the AIDS crisis and talk about it again and again and again. You know, he's been extraordinary. I mean, he, he just, uh, he's been in our corner through this and, and that's a gift. Thank you for bringing him, his work and him as a presence into my life. Because I, I, again, as I said, I was not familiar with this work, not familiar with him. Are you going, to, have you been bitten by the cinema bug? Are you going to go back to uh, dance? Uh, where, how, where, where, where's the fork in the road for you? I'm a dancer. <laughs> and I will say, and now, now I can, I will claim being an educator. And I just want to give a shout out because UC Irvine has an excellent dance department, um, and I teach at LMU. And I, and I do always want to kind of be sure to give a shout out to the students in the film and how yes. they are emblematic of dance students all over the country. The the vulnerability and the bravery that those students have to go into, to major in dance, right? In this, in this economic climate, and then to do it with such, such, such- Open hearts, such- Open heartedness, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and vulnerability is wonderful. So yeah. I, I always just wanna add that in there because they are the kind of unsung heroes of this film as well. Yeah it's great to see them as they evolve as as dancers and for you tom you have been documenting dance for a, a good part of your career what is it about this particular part of the the artistic um pantheon of things that you you find so attractive and, and you're drawn to first of all i share with Roz a dancer a great dancer mother that is we don't have the same mother 
but our, <laughs> but our, both of our mothers were great dancers and important ones. It, uh, hers in the Paul Taylor Dance Company and mine in the Martha Graham Company. And then as an educator herself for 30, 40 years. So uh, dance was in my blood, but the, the, the challenge of shooting movement uh, and making that make sense in, in a medium that's it, it, movement that's three-dimensional and medium that's two-dimensional right. and, and, uh, and, and have that make visual sense and emotional sense is a challenge that I've loved from the very beginning. And it, it, uh, it lifts my heart. And the, the connection of dance itself and this extraordinarily beautiful work with the emotions and the connection to the life force that uh, this whole story uh, leads us to was inescapable for me. I was just terrifically yeah. excited. I, I think it's arguable that dance is the original art, right? Before people are, people are hammering well, out. Dance and movement. Dance movement. And, and music. Yeah. Yeah. Before they were scratching on the cave wall, before they were maybe even singing, I think it's safe to say that dance may, I, I don't know this, but may be the original art. And so it's something so basic to our to our makeup. Well, I want to thank both of you for your uh, your work here. Can you bring it, Bill T. Jones, and D. Man in the Waters? Again, it's opening at the Film Forum on July 16th, coming right up in New York, as well as on the 23rd here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Royal, as well as through Kino Lorber website. You can watch it virtually. Be looking for that KinoLorber.com. Thank both of you so much. Rosalind LeBlanc and Tom Hurwitz, the uh, co-directors of this wonderful documentary film. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.